You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. It's Crystal Iram here. I am a relationship coach for smart, successful women, and I am doing a three-part series on the laws of love. And I'm really excited about this. It's going to be so good. And, you know, what we're really talking about, what we're going to be diving into are the universal laws and how they relate to love, calling in love, manifesting love. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about sort of what brought this on and why I think it's actually really important to understand all the laws. And so when I'm talking about universal laws, it's like law of attraction is sort of the like golden child of universal laws. That's the one that gets the most like the most attention, we talk about the most, you hear about it the most. And a lot of times when people are talking about manifesting, they're just talking about law of attraction. And that's very incomplete. There's a lot more to it. And understanding some of the additional components is going to make all the difference. Okay. So like I started mentioning, the law of attraction is definitely the thing that we hear about by far and away the most. And there's just a lot more to it than that. So it's like the simplest way of thinking about the law of attraction, but also all of the other things that we are going to cover is to think of them as like the way that the universe works. So even something like the law of gravity, that's another sort of universal law, but we're talking specifically about bringing in the things that you want into your life. You know, another thing that's interesting is that we talk about manifesting as if like we are manifesting or not. But the truth is that we are always manifesting. We're always, we're always manifesting something. What we're really talking about is the distinction between manifesting something that we want versus manifesting really unconsciously um, and just getting sort of haphazard or random results. And obviously, when you're manifesting, you want to manifest things specifically. You want to have a specific result, a specific outcome. So you're always manifesting. But when I'm talking about manifesting, I'm referring to getting something specific, getting a particular result, something that you actually want. So before I dive into the first law, and I'm going to go in them in, you know, in order that might seem like it'll, it'll make sense as we're going along, but it's like, I'm not starting with law of attraction because law of attraction is really not, it's not the end all be all as much attention as it gets. It is just one out of a dozen. So you know, I'll tell you a little bit about sort of what even brought me to this. I was like, probably any of you that follow my content who want to call in love, I had gone through my fair share of heartbreaks. And I went through one heartbreak in particular, and I was just sort of reflecting on it immediately after it happened, right after it happened. And I remember very vividly just being like, wow, (laughs) that was definitely uh, like avoidable. I, I did not have to go through all of that. If I had done things differently, if I'd approached this relationship differently, then I could have just skipped through this horrible, horrible heartbreak. And it made me really 
aware that I needed to do something different. If I wanted to experience something different in my life, something different needed to happen, and it was going to have to start with me. And so I basically took some time off from dating and was just like, I'm going to figure out how I can manifest love. I was familiar with manifestation. I was familiar with love attraction. I didn't have like a deep understanding, but I knew that it was something that created amazing results for people in their lives. And it was something that I really wanted to understand. And along with that, I wanted to gain a really in-depth understanding of men and dating and the way that all of that worked so that I didn't have to keep struggling. I didn't have to keep going through these same heartbreaks over and over again. And so I took this sort of two-pronged approach, which was really understanding manifesting and also really understanding men. Um, And I just hunkered down and learned everything I could. Like I spent this year where I wasn't really dating, just understanding as much as I possibly could. And then the next year, going into the next year, I decided it was the year of the man. 2016, I called the year of the man. And what I meant by that was just that I was going to call in the love of my life that year, no matter what it took. I was very, very determined. I knew, I felt like I really understood what I needed to do differently in terms of how I was approaching dating, just in terms of the practical aspects of like, how am I showing up? What are my standards? Like all of that. And then I also understood manifesting in a much deeper and more powerful way. And so that was 2016. And I was so committed to it. And I just, if I got an intuitive nudge, I would follow it. If I, and I really allowed myself to simplify dating. I didn't, you know, it sounds a little bit unromantic, but it's like I took some of the emotion out of it because I really, up till that point, it was like, I would get caught up in these things, these you know, I guess relationships, but they weren't the kind of relationship I ultimately wanted. I knew it wasn't going to get me into the marriage that I wanted to ultimately have. And I was like, I would get hung up on someone. I would get hung up in these situationships for these long periods of time. And so I was just like, I'm simplifying. This is not what's happening. I'm calling in my husband this year. So these men that aren't it, even if I really like them, I got to let it go because I knew that that's what I wanted. And I followed all my intuitive nudges. I was seeing a really different sort of man come into my life. It was quite incredible, honestly. Like I had never experienced this before because like I was just getting treated in a totally different way. The way men were showing up for me, the way they were treating me, the kind of dates they were planning. It was really quite incredible. And so all of this is happening and I'm just like, oh, this is so awesome. But my person's still not here. So this was in July. And so in July, it's like, I knew that I was manifesting well. I could feel that he was getting closer. I was still having these moments of just like, I don't understand why it's like taking so long. Time is relative. So whatever. It's hard to say if it was really taking a long time or not. For me, I was just like, I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready for him to be here. So in July, I go to this seminar. It was being run by a uh, wealth and success coach um, who was fairly well known, very into manifesting, but specifically around money. So I go to his seminar and, you know, he was so brilliant in the way that he was teaching. Like, and I, he, he had these hot seat coaching sessions. So every, you know, like in the morning session, the afternoon session, he would open up the floor so that people could get coached by him. So I'm there and it's just like, I see how powerfully he's coaching people. And I'm like getting frustrated myself. So I'm just like, Crystal, go get some coaching. Like you're here, you flew here paid to be here. 
like get like get some coaching and I was just being shy about it and so then finally on the third and final day of this event I was just like I can't leave without getting some actual coaching so that's what I did I I I went up to the microphone as soon as they opened it and I you know had in mind that I was going to ask him about um something related to my business because that's what it was it was business wealth success seminar so I'm at the microphone and I'm all prepared with my question. And then when I start to speak, that's just not what I talked about. What came out was I really want to be married and have a family. I would love to meet someone wonderful. And I, I haven't yet. And I don't understand why. So I say this, these words come out and immediately I'm just like, oh my God, why did I say that? That was such a crazy thing to say. All of these successful entrepreneurs are looking at me like, what a freak. Why is she talking about this? This is so irrelevant. And I'm like, having this whole thing in my head. And then he says to me, he is here. You just don't see him yet. And so I'm like <laughs> looking at him and I'm looking around the room because in my mind, I'm like, maybe he met someone that like, he thinks will be a really good fit for me. That's literally what I was thinking. I was just like, maybe he saw someone who he thinks would be good for me. And so I'm just sort of like looking at him, like waiting for more. And so I'm sure he could see that I was confused. And he says it again. He says, your person is here. He's here. Your husband is here. You just don't see him yet. And like, that was it. That was the end of my coaching. And so I was just like, okay, thanks, I guess. Like, I did not get it. I was just like, that was super unhelpful. What? Like, why did I just humiliate myself? For that. But then I go back and I'm sitting at my table and I'm just like, he's not, he's here. I just can't see him yet. A person is here. I just can't see him yet. And this sort of just starts like replaying in my head. He's here. I just don't see him yet. I was like, hmm, interesting. He's here. I just don't see him yet. And, you know, all day and then on my trip back home and then for like the following weeks that just sort of kept replaying. And it finally started to sink in. And I, I like, I understood manifesting in this totally different way after that. Because what you want already exists. Okay, we're going to get to this one a little bit later. This is the law of polarity. But I just wanted to give this story so you sort of understand where I'm coming from. So it was like, I heard that. He's here. I just don't see him yet. And I started to get it. And it was like, I had felt like I was getting law of attraction and manifesting, but then there was this aspect that I totally had not gotten at all. And it was like, when I got that other component, that was the thing that I was missing. Because as we go through the laws, it's like, I'll give you examples. And I was doing most of those things already, but that was the one that just like wasn't clicking. And then when he said it, it did click. I totally got it. And it was four weeks to the day that I met the man that is not my husband. You know, and it's like, as I was going through all of this, as I was knowing that I wanted to manifest the love of my life and being like, I don't understand why it's not working. Why is this so hard for me? You know, I, I knew that that's something that I wanted. I wasn't quite getting it, but it was like, I, I was thinking about it so much and I, I wanted it so badly. Like in my heart of hearts, there was nothing else that mattered to me except for, you know, figuring that all out. And I sort of said to myself, like, I am going to figure this out. I am going to figure this out. And when I do, I'm going to support other women with this because there is, to me, nothing that is more important, nothing more 
beautiful and fulfilling and powerful and moving than having your love, having the love of your life, living your life, being witnessed by someone who you care about deeply and who cares about you. And it was like, that's always the thing that I was the most passionate about, that I cared about the most. And so it was like, when I figure this out, when I get it, I'm going to support other women with figuring the same thing out. I'm going to help them do the same. And so that's sort of like why we are here, how I had been ended up here and why I'm talking about this stuff, why I care about it. it it's sort of just like fulfilling this thing that I always knew I would fulfill. So let's dive in. So the first one that I want to start with is the law of oneness. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about the law and I'll try to explain it a bit and I'll give a little bit of an, ex and I'll give an example sort of as it relates to love and relationships. And so we have a total of 12. I'm doing this over several days. And so I will give a couple each day and then you'll have a really easy way of digesting all of this. So the first one is the law of oneness. So the law of oneness tells us that everything is connected. We're all connected to each other. We're all connected to like infinite intelligence. We're all connected to the divine. Everything is connected. So this is a really, really interesting one and really powerful. You know, the way that this sort of comes into play is you can start by thinking about the way children interact with the world. Children are secure. When they need something, they scream for it. They demand it. They cry and scream and yell until, until they get it, until it's taken care of. Babies are born with this sense of connectedness. They can feel this, this, this divine oneness that we have so, so strongly and so clearly. Like there's no questioning of that for them. So a newborn can feel really appreciated and loved and taken care of by like any people. Any people that come into its experience, it's going to feel connected to. And then as babies start to get older, they start to feel connected to certain people more because they find that certain people are giving them more attention, fulfilling more of their needs. And of course, that's their parents, their caregivers, whoever it is that's looking after them. And so they start to feel an attachment to these individual people because they find that individuals are providing their needs more than everyone. So what happens then is that they start to feel separateness. So they start off feeling totally connected to everyone. Then they feel more connected just to certain people. And then it's like the smallest thing can happen and they will start to feel disconnected. They'll start to feel um, separated. They won't feel as supportive. And so that sort of carries on. And so by the time someone is like a young, uh, not a super young child, but an older child, that sense of separateness is sort of cemented in. They don't feel as connected. And then as we go through life, it becomes stronger and stronger. That sense of separateness, that sense that we are apart from other things, from other beings, is very, very strong. So that by the time we're adults, we don't feel connected to really anyone or anything Unless we have an intimate relationship with them, unless we have a close friendship or it's a family member, we, we don't think of a connection that we have with everything else. So the reason that this is important to understand is because when you don't realize that you are connected to everything, you start sending the wrong messages to yourself. So your subconscious mind takes everything personally. And this is sort of how it ties in, in another way. So it's like on a more spiritual level, we can think about it as we're connected to everything else. But on a different level, it's like our subconscious is taking in everything. 
So I'll give you an example. If we are feeling envious towards someone who has what we want. So this is something that I really, really struggled with. When I wanted to call in my partner, I really struggled to be around people who were happily paired up. For me to be around someone who was in love, for me to be around other couples, it just felt painful. And it made me really uncomfortable. And I could not, um, I, I didn't feel good. Like I didn't feel good about it. I didn't really feel like supportive a lot of the time. I felt so envious that that cut me off entirely from people who were happy in relationships, including my friends that I maybe wanted to be really happy for, but like I couldn't. I felt too much envy. It felt to me like, why do you get to have this thing that I so badly want? You know, and so it's like, it was very easy for me to sort of look for negatives about someone else. Like I could say, oh, well, I wouldn't want her boyfriend anyway because of this. Or like, oh, she just settles or, you know, whatever it was. I could look for a way to like diminish or demean what someone else had because I was envious, because I wanted it. So here's how this plays out, though. Because of this law, whatever I am thinking, believing, saying about someone else, my subconscious thinks I'm saying, believing, and meaning about myself. So when I'm saying, you know, she just settles, my subconscious takes that in for myself. So my subconscious is like, okay, you're just going to settle. No problem. You know, if I'm looking at men, it's the same thing. It's outside of envy or jealousy. If I'm looking at men, men are such jerks. My subconscious is saying, oh, you're a huge jerk. Got it. So we are keeping ourselves away from what we want because our subconscious is sort of adopting these new beliefs or it is cementing in and firming up other beliefs that we have that don't support us in getting what we want. So in my signature program, Magnetize Your Match, I talk a lot about your love blueprint. Your love blueprint is basically all of your ideas, your beliefs, your thoughts about love, about marriage, about relationships, about men, about dating. It's like a web of them, essentially. That becomes your love blueprint. So we start taking them in from the time that we're kids and then it grows stronger and stronger as we get older. So that by the time you're dating and you're in like a really, you know, you're getting into serious relationships and all of that, we view the world through this very specific lens that we've created. So, you know, it's like the same way if you were looking through, you know, a yellow lens, everything's going to look more yellow. Your love blueprint basically becomes your lens. So you're always going to view things through your lens. So if I'm thinking a part of my love blueprint is that men are all cheaters, then I'm going to view everything through that. So I could be out with a friend who has a totally loyal boyfriend, but because I have this lens, part of my love blueprint that tells me that all men are cheaters, you know, if he doesn't answer one of her calls, I'm like, oh, he's probably cheating on you. Okay. So it's like you start viewing everything through this lens. And so this is the law of oneness. Everything that you, that you think or feel, it's all connected. We're connected to everything. So whatever you're feeling or thinking about something else, you're feeling or thinking about yourself. So, you know, the same way people sometimes will talk about projections. They'll say, oh, I think you're projecting on me. There's a good chance you are. We project all the time. Like not all, I mean, not every single thing that you think or see is a projection, but a lot of it is. Most of it probably is. So someone says that, you know, you're projecting on me. You probably are. Even if someone doesn't say that, you probably are. So we all are viewing things 
through our own lens, which is based on our love blueprint. And it's coming from this, this law of oneness is sort of how it all ties together. So the way that you would sort of recognize this and move past this and sort of graduate from this, there's a couple of things that you can do. So the first thing you'd want to do is recognize that whatever you're wishing on others, whatever you're sort of, uh, you know, putting out, like, this is what you're going to experience, you other person, recognize that you're saying for yourself. So when you see someone who has what you want, instead of looking at it like, oh, she gets to have what I want. It's so unfair. You want to think about it like someone else is experiencing what I want to experience. That means it's available for me. So there's no envy or jealousy there. There's no sense of like wanting to deny someone else because you're recognizing you get to have it yourself. It's also really, really important to just start recognizing when you're sort of going negative on other people, on relationships, because that it's powerful and it's going to be there. It's there. It could be there a lot. So as you start to raise your, raise your awareness, you can recognize that everything's connected more and more. And here's one of the ways that this is really powerful is it gives you access to a lot more love. So I'm going to start moving into one of the other ones with this. So I'm not going to go too far into it here, but basically it's like, the love is always present. You know, sometimes people want a relationship because they're like, I want more love in my life. Love is already in your life. There is a lot of love already available to you um, because you're connected to everything. So the love is always there. And so recognizing that is really powerful. Like if you can start giving love in your life, even if it's not just to a significant other or in one particular type of relationship, that's putting you on a path that's putting you in a space where you're going to be more attractive to partners so that you can actually call the sort of love relationship that you want. So the other thing that you're going to do with this, one of the ways that we can start to close the separateness is by recognizing that we are all connected. And so one of the easiest ways to do this is through forgiveness. So here's your, here's your two homework assignments for this one. Look at everyone that you need to forgive. So you're just going to write out a list of people that you need to forgive. Because here's what happens. When we are holding on to anger or frustration or when we're just holding on to something against another person, we are creating more separateness. When we're angry at someone, it really feeds into this idea that we're totally separate and apart from everybody else. It allows us to feel that more strongly. We can hold on to the anger because we're like, well, eh, of course I'm mad at them. Like it, it, it just deepens it. But when you recognize that we are all one, that we're all connected, then you realize that when you're holding on to that anger, that frustration, those that disappointment, you're holding on to it towards yourself. The separation is an illusion. So as you can forgive people, it closes that gap. And it allows you to just start realizing and seeing more and more how connected we all are. So that's all you really need to do to start. This is really, really powerful to start upgrading your love blueprint. So who do you need to forgive? And then start practicing forgiveness. And so there's a billion different ways that you can practice forgiveness. But one of the most simple ways that I like to use is to just imagine the person in front of me. And then I just sort of say to myself, what would it feel like if I totally forgave this person knowing that everything is in perfect order right now? So it's so simple, but it's like when you can just say like, I forgive you, I know everything is in perfect order. 
and just feel what that feels like, the release that you can have just knowing that everything isn't perfect or that you can choose to forgive someone at any point. And I'll just make one caveat here. Forgiving someone does not mean letting them back into your life in a bigger capacity or in the same capacity that they were before. If someone did something that was felt harmful to you, it doesn't mean you need to maintain a relationship with them. But the forgiveness is for you. And to start letting go of this separation that you're feeling and recognize that we are all connected so that you can raise your awareness around all of this and start recognizing that like what someone else has is just a sign that you get to have it also. It's not a matter of denying you anything that you want. So the next law is the law of vibration. So, you know, here's my thing with all of this. Having an understanding of the mindset and the spiritual principles and the way that manifesting works is really powerful. But you're going to have a two-pronged approach. And I'm going to get to a little bit more when we get to the fourth one, which is the law of inspired action. But it's like, you want to have this powerful understanding of, you know, manifestation and the way it all works. But you also need to understand the way that dating works and the way that you are going to approach relationships and men and have clarity around all that. You know, it's like, of course, you want to have this understanding, but it's like, if you don't actually know how to approach dating well, it's like, you're not going to be taking the right actions to get the result that you want. So that's really what I, that's what I believe in. It's like having this two-pronged approach. And so this is really going to give you a sort of a broad overview of one, but you need both together. And when you master that, when you are able to apply not only these sort of spiritual principles, but also really understand how to date, um, I call it dating like a duchess. It's dating in this really high value way with very high standards, very low expectations. And with this simplicity, that's when you can go from single to coupled up or single to engaged or married, if that's what you desire, really quickly. And that's what I really love supporting my clients with. People who want to make this massive transformation because they're willing to sort of keep things simple by letting go of like the excess of things that aren't really working and focusing on what actually matters, which is having that clarity around what you want and then calling in that person and then dating in a way so that everything just stays really easy and smooth and allows you to just progress really quickly. So the law of vibration, let's continue. Everything is energy. The law of vibration tells us everything is energy. We live in an energetic universe. Everything is energy and everything has a vibration. So when you think about the fact that everything is energy, that's where the vibration comes from. Things that look solid, it's because their vibration is just, they're move, it's moving so fast that you can't tell that it's not actually solid, that there's movement. But what we're really talking about here when we're talking about vibration is we're talking about the level where you are in terms of what you're going to be attracting. So our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, those hold a vibration. And so what we are thinking and believing and feeling, that's going to have a big impact on our vibration. So we are going to match people. My vibration, my thoughts, my beliefs about certain things, they're going to be at the same level as certain other people. So one of the ways that this can work is if you've ever walked into a room and you're just immediately attracted to someone and you're just like, oh, this person, I'm just feeling super drawn to you. 
you're at the same vibration. The problem is, is that sometimes we can be at a pretty high vibration, like feeling good, but because of our love blueprint, we're not going to be attracting someone who is fully healed. So if you're not fully healed, you are going to attract other people who are not fully healed. And I'm saying fully healed, but I don't mean perfect. Like every issue that you've ever had, every hang up, every neurosis is totally gone. It's not about going for perfection. It's about being at a certain level where you feel like if I called in someone who's at my level, someone who's on my vibe, someone who's at my same frequency, I would have like a good life with them. When we have a lot of, un, like we're really unhealed, we're really wounded, you're just going to call in someone like that and it's not going to be as fun. It's not going to be as good of a match and it's not going to be as likely to stay at that level because you are probably trying to improve and to grow. And so if you're matching up with someone when you're not at the healthiest level and then you're growing and improving and becoming healthier, you're just not going to match up any longer. And that's when you're going to go through a, a breakup. So one of the ways that I see this really, really frequently is with women who are very, very eager to get into a relationship. And it's not just that they're eager because you can want to get in a relationship. You can have that as a desire. It's always a very strong desire for me. But if you're feeling that desire, but you're also feeling a lot of insecurity around it, you're not feeling like you're actually going to get what you desire. It creates, yeah, it's just a lot of insecurity. So what happens when you're at this place where you're just really wanting a relationship and you're not feeling secure about it? You can, you'll still attract. So you can attract people at this point. And the thing that I see over and over again is that women who are like this, they will attract men or partners who are such a perfect match. that They'll come on really strong. And you're so eager for the love that it's like, oh my gosh, he's coming on so strong. He's telling me that like he's never met anyone like me, that he thinks that I could be the one, that he wants to introduce me to his mom, that he wants to take me to Hawaii with him. Oh my God, I've never gotten this kind of attention. He's telling me the most beautiful woman in the world and like on and on and on. And it's easy to get sucked into it because you're so eager, right? And he's coming on so strong. It feels like, ah, oh, finally he's here. This has to be it because it feels so amazing. And then it cools off without explanation and he sort of disappears and it's just like how could this have happened we seem to be getting along so well it seemed like everything was going so perfectly and it is upsetting it feels hurtful and it's very confusing but it makes perfect sense because someone who is insecure they're going to be rushing the relationship and so that's what happens is that these guys, I call them microwave guys because they heat up really fast and they cool off really fast. They try to rush into the relationship. And so it's like, that's where you are also, that's where the woman is, where she's just like wanting to skip over dating, skipping over the get to know you and just wanting to be in a relationship. And so he sort of matches that. He does the same thing. But the truth is, is that when you're coming from an insecure place, when you're coming from a place of not trusting you get to have what you want, it just doesn't last. There's nothing sustainable about it. There's nothing to really hold on to. And everything that he was, you know, falling in love with was sort of an illusion. It was based on something that he was creating in his own mind, just as you were doing the same. You were creating this idea in your mind that made you feel like, I want to be with this person, but you didn't know him. 
So that's sort of on the, you know, energetic side. But, you know, on the more practical side, this is why you date. This is the reason that you date is so that you have that time to actually vet someone, you know, so that you actually have the time to get to know them. This is something a lot of women really try to skip over that they just miss entirely. And it it doesn't serve you at all. You have to learn how to date and date really well. Sometimes I talk to people who are going through really rough breakups or, you know, divorces. And it's like, if you had been a better dater, this could have been avoided because there were red flags. There were things that would have come up with dating. There are things that would have come up if the relationship had progressed at a more sustainable, regular pace that were just missed um, because of the speed at which the people were trying to sort of move through everything. So you want to make sure that like you are at a good vibration, meaning you feel, you feel good. Like you feel positive. You feel like you are healing your and upgrading your love blueprint, um, not to a point of perfection, but just that you're at a place where like you want to attract someone who is at your level actually. So the next one that we're going into is the law of correspondence. So the law of correspondence tells us that our outer reflection is a reflection of what's going on internally. So this is really sort of, it's closely related in a lot of ways. But the way that this comes into play is by recognizing that if you want to have something in your outer world, if you want to experience something in your reality, you have to experience it internally first. So this is the thing that is very hard for people. This is the thing that people miss a lot about law of attraction and manifesting. You have to bring in the feelings of what you want to create. So you can do that however you want. There's a billion ways that you can do that. Most people, they don't quite get there with just their journaling or just their meditating. And that's the problem. It's like they stop. They say like, okay, I'm supposed to visualize or I'm supposed to meditate or whatever it is. So I'm going to do that. And even if it doesn't fully get me feeling like it, like I've done the things that you're supposed to do to manifest. So like good enough, I'm done. And it's not enough. It may not be enough. You may need to take it a few steps further. So this really moves in closely with the one that we're going to talk about next. I'll sort of talk about them together because the next law is the law of inspired action. The law of inspired action tells us that, you know, you got to think about like the manifesting that you're doing. It's like on one plane, but it's not here on planet Earth. If you want to bring something down to planet Earth, because it's like you have when you have your dream relationship created on this other plane, right? But if you want to experience it here on planet Earth, you have to take physical action. You have to take action here on planet Earth. You got to take some action in the physical. You got to take inspired action. So this is why you can journal for 14 hours a day. You can meditate like all day and night. You can do all of those things. But if you don't ever take the inspired action, it's not going to come into being. So this is why sometimes you're just going to want to get into motion. So for example, when I, I sort of spoke at the beginning a little bit about my story when I decided I'm calling in my husband this year, I hadn't been dating. Like I just hadn't been dating. And so I had to start dating again. And I, I felt a little bit, I don't know, out of practice, like slow, like didn't really know where to start. 
And so I just had to dive in with both feet. And so I just started going on dates and I went on a lot of dates. And every guy that I went out with, was he the man of my dreams? No, of course not. But I knew that I needed to take action. And so it's like, once you start taking action, the momentum builds. And that's how you're going to bring it into your physical world. And so sometimes you just take the action. You know, sometimes I work with people who don't want to take action. And it's like, you don't have to, but you're going to get stuck. I actually had a client that I was working with for a couple of months. And, you know, things were going really well with her. I was really enjoying working with her. But then as we were sort of moving forward, I told her, like, it's time to step up a little bit. You're going to have to start taking some action. And she didn't really want to. And so we just stopped. We stopped our work together because she didn't want to take the action. She she liked the manifesting aspects, but she didn't think that she should need to take the action. She thought that it should just sort of fall on her lap. And it's not that you're going to necessarily have to do a lot of action that you hate. But when you have been in uh, like a state where you're not really seeing a lot of progress, where you're not getting a lot of great dates, or you're not meeting a lot of great men, you're going to stay there unless you do something to get the ball rolling. And so that's what this is about, is really starting to get the ball rolling. Like, what are you willing to do? And you got to think about it like anything else. Like, if you're trying to reach a big goal, like, what are you willing to do for that? Like, are you not willing to take any action beyond just journaling and meditating about it? Or are you going to say, I'm going to journal about it. I'm going to meditate about it. I'm going to get really clear on what I want. I'm going to manifest it. And I'm going to take the action that I need to take so that I can actually experience this in my world. And so that is what the law of inspired action is about. You've got to be willing to take the action. And so I went on a ton of dates. I went on so many dates and some of them were bad. Most of them were not bad. Some of them were real bad, but some of them were great. Some of them were really fun. Some of them were really interesting. And as I became a better dater, as I learned how to date really intentionally, and as I raised my vibration about all of this, I found that I wasn't even matching with guys that weren't a good fit. And so even if they weren't the one from the date, I had a nice time and they planned interesting dates and they listened to what I said and they wanted to impress me. They wanted to show me a good time. And it was this totally different thing than I'd experienced before. It made it actually really fun. Learning to enjoy dating is going to be a very important thing if you want to get married quickly. If you say, I'm ready to date for the next 15 years, then, you know, you can be as shitty of a dater as you want. It really doesn't matter because you're going to give yourself all the time in the world. If you want to meet someone and get coupled up quickly, then this is something worth really becoming excellent at. So, you know, dating was one part of the actions that I was willing to take, but also I took some actions that did not seem directly related, but I felt inspired. And so I did them. So one of the things that I did, because here's what it's all about. It's all about getting into the feeling, you know, so back to the law of correspondence, which we, which we, which I spoke about before this is bringing in the feelings of what you want. So for me, I wanted to get married, right? I wanted to meet someone wonderful, fall in love and get married. So what does one do when they are getting married? They have an engagement ring and they are packing up their home so they can move with move in with their person. They are planning a wedding. They are trying on wedding dresses. So I started doing all of those things. And here's what. It feels weird. And people would have definitely judged me. I'm sure people, people might be listening to this and judging me. But this is what I'm saying about like being willing to take action. I did not care. None of that mattered. The only thing that mattered was what I desired, which was that I was going to call in my man. It was the year of the man. I was going to do what it took. 
And so for me, it was like, how can I make these feelings more real? How can I bring in the internal feelings of having this relationship that I so, so want? So I went online. I ordered a cubic zirconium um, engagement ring. I still have it somewhere. And I would wear it when I was around my apartment. I don't wear it so much when I was out, but occasionally I wore it when I was out. But it was just like the idea of having this beautiful piece of jewelry that someone had given me as a symbol of his love and commitment towards me. That felt really good. That allowed me to bring in those feelings so much more strongly. You know, so it's like that fits in with the law of correspondence and the law of action. I was willing to make this sort of external sign, symbol for myself to show that what I wanted was coming. Another thing that I did that people for sure thought would have thought I was crazy if they'd known. I went and I tried on wedding dresses. I popped on my little ring and I went down. I called up. I made an appointment and I went to bridal shops and I tried on wedding dresses. And again, no one could have judged me at that because I walked in and I spoke about my incredible fiance and they couldn't have known. And for me, this isn't to say this is the thing that you need to do you know, go buy a ring and go try on dresses. It's not saying that you have to do any of those particular actions. For me, those were the things that sounded fun. Those were the things that I was really excited about being able to experience once I had my person. And so for me to be able to walk into a bridal shop and talk about this man that I was marrying, nothing made it feel more real. It made it feel so real because I could just talk about this person that I wanted. Say, oh, what's your fiance like? He is the sweetest man you've ever known. Like, he's just so loving. He takes such good care of me. He's really smart and just, like, fun. I just love being around him. We laugh all the time. And, you know, he takes me on these really cute dates. And he loves being with me. And he was so happy to introduce me to his family and to his friends. And I could just go on and on about it. And it made it so real for me. When I was talking, it's like I could forget that he wasn't here yet. And so that really allowed me to feel those feelings. So that raised my vibration and it allowed my internal world to start creating what I wanted externally. And it's like, when I did that, it wasn't long before I was doing it for real. And it was the same experience. It was just already, it was just real then. But it was so real for me when I was faking it that it really allowed me to bring in those those feelings. So... Yeah, that's like what felt really fun for me, but it's not about doing those particular actions. I hope that you're getting that, that it's not like you have to do that per se. You got to change your mind. This is really going to be about rewiring your mind so that you are magnetizing, manifesting a different type of man, you know, higher quality men, you know, because once you start calling in this higher quality man and you learn how to date more efficiently, more effectively, then it becomes really quick, okay? And that's what this is about. Not to say that it's about rushing to the finish line, but it's about not wasting time on things that aren't meant to be. You know, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, well, you have to date someone for at least three years um, because you 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 won't know them until then and all this stuff. But it's just like, really, if you are a better dater, if you know what to look for, if you are clear and you know how to react to red flags and your standards are really, really high and your expectations are low, it just goes quickly. It doesn't have to take a long time. 
And again, it's not about rushing. If you want to date someone for a couple of years, then great, have at it. But it doesn't have to be that way if you are an intentional dater. It's very rare that I hear about something where it's like, oh, you know, I saw this totally different side. There was no indication of it. For most women, the red flags are present. And because they want that love, they want that relationship that's going to work, they overlook them. And they sort of treat red flags in a way that is not going to get them what they want. They treat red flags like, I don't know, like yellow lights, you know? And so it's like, maybe they'll slow down, but more likely they'll actually sort of just speed up or keep moving at the same pace where they are. And it's like, you gotta, when you, when you raise your standards, when you learn how to raise your standards, when you learn how to date really intentionally, that just goes away. You can just sort of not be cold about it, but be more deliberate and intentional and allows things to move really quickly. You know, one of the other things that's going to be really powerful is as you start learning how to take these inspired actions and you build up this momentum, you're going to just date a lot more. You know, when it rains, it pours, right? Like when I met my husband, I was dating several other guys. And that was part of why I was able to move forward in these relationships really quickly. It kept things really sort of simple in a way because I wasn't getting overly attached. This is something that a lot of women struggle with is just getting too attached to someone before it's before it's the right time, before it is going to feel really good and aligned, and before it's an indication that this is someone you want to get attached to. You know, for a lot of people, our, our hormones just sort of take over and your hormones aren't necessarily the best pickers of relationships for you. That's all I have. So I will talk to you again soon. I have an amazing new resource for you, and I am so thrilled to finally be able to share it. I have created a quiz so that you can find out what your love type is. This quiz is going to take you just a few minutes, and by answering some questions, you'll get a better understanding of what some of your biggest blocks to calling in the relationship you most desire are so that you can clear them. Not only are you going to find out what your love type are, but I'm going to give you personalized recommendations for resources that'll really help you move along your journey so that you can call in the love you most desire. You can check the quiz out by visiting bit.ly slash love type quiz. Again, that link is bit.ly slash love type quiz. And of course, I will link it in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.